Hello, episode 67. Look, I made it back. I made it through the wilderness. I'm back. Um, yes, surprisingly, much quicker than the last time. So um, stick with me. I'm going to be trying to do my every two or three week podcast. So um, anyway, we're back. And welcome to episode 67. Now, episode 67 is with somebody from from my past. Um, somebody who uh, a lot of you around the world comedy lovers will know from Little Britain. Um, a lovely lady by the name of Joanne Condon, Joe to me. Um, Joanne, or Joe um, is an actress I've known for years and years. Um, but we've we worked out we hadn't actually seen each other in the flesh for 25 years, which is insane. Um, Joe was part of the play What's Wrong With Angry. She played one of the leads, uh, the female lead, Linda. Um, uh, who was the main comic piece of the piece, shall we say, um, and uh, was a was a joy to work with and a joy to watch, um, and uh, and Joe's kind of continually worked in the industry ever since, pretty much, um, with a few uh, life blips. Um, Joe was also in um, So What's Wrong With Angry as listeners from the past will know is um, a play written by one of my previous guests Mr Patrick Wilde and I've talked about that um, before being kind of a, an integral part of my um, be- becoming a gay man and sort of getting to know who I am so um, yeah um, Joe was also in a play by um, Jonathan Harvey Jonathan Harvey who wrote Beautiful Thing she was in one of his plays called Babies that was at the Royal Court and the National Theatre Studio around the same kind of time um, and uh, it kind of launched her um, as she explains in in the interview interview in, in our chat it's very much not an interview our chat um, Jo's been as I say she's been on everything from um, Shine on Harvey Moon The Office um, Skins uh, to the TV gig that's probably that she's probably best known for is playing um, Pat in Fat Fighters in Little Britain and uh, and she talks a little bit about that time and the experience working with um, Matt Lucas and David Williams. And uh, yeah, it's just a really good chat. And it's, to be honest with you, it's a massive catch up for us. Um, it's uh, It was just an absolute pleasure. Um, and to, to have Joe with me to talk about... Um, well, but she's talking about her one woman show that's coming up and all the details will be included and on the show page. Her one woman show is called Little Boxes. As I say, all the details we discuss during the show, but everything will be on the show page. And um, it's a show that she's co-written with uh, another lady um, who we talk about during the podcast uh, called Leonie. And... Um, and yeah, I'm really. I haven't seen it myself yet, but it sounds great, and the reviews have been great so far. Um, Joe performed in it last year at the Camden Fringe, and this year is playing the Vaults Festival in London, and also the Leicester Comedy Festival. Um, so anyway, all the dates will be revealed for that, and I can highly recommend getting your asses down to that if you're a UK resident, and especially if you're a London resident. Um, get yourself down, and uh, if you're not in the UK, have a little Google, and you'll find Joe everywhere, and probably to viewers. Viewers? Why am I, I said this yesterday. To listeners in the US, you'll be able to find uh, Joe, as I say, on Little Britain, because I know 
a lot of uh, American listeners will know and have watched that show. So anyway, have a Google. But yes, anyway, more of Joe shortly. Now, um, do you know what? I'm really, one of the first things today, I'm just so looking forward to our holiday in Malta. I mentioned in the last podcast. It's a couple of weeks away now. And uh, just to have some time, well, just some time to reflect and, and, and to start afresh, really. Um, it's, it's yeah, I mean, I feel like I can start 2020 properly once we've been and uh, and I and we get back and I can kind of feel like it's start the year afresh then um so that's kind of my the things that I'm looking forward to coming up um in the very near future um my recommendations this week is one that I might be a little bit late to the party to but a, a lady called Ralph a singer called Ralph and she's absolutely brilliant Ralph spelt as you would spell the name Ralph as in a man's name um and um, I don't know how I missed out on this and um, it was just a recommendation from iTunes um, that they give me every Friday and a list of things that you might have missed people that you might like and people that you might be interested in and um, I'm just the reason I'm you can hear me rustling pages is because I'm trying to uh, see I noted down the name of the album because uh, it's uh, well there's an EP that came out last year and it's called Flashbacks and Fantasies um, and all I can say is it reminds me of uh, Robin meets Rasheed Murphy meets kind of blackout era Britney is the best way to describe it, I think. Um, there's one track on that EP. I think there's about six or seven tracks. Um, and there's one track called Gravity, which I think is just like the perfect pop song, probably the best pop song I've heard in, in, many, a, in many a year. Um, and so I kind of went from that and then discovered she had an album out in 2018 called A Good Girl. And again, it's kind of really, it's very, it is actually very Robin-esque. For people who like Robin, I would say this is a place to go. Um, and yeah, go and discover uh, Ralph and say the EP from last year was Flashbacks and Fantasies and the album from the year before was called A Good Girl. Go and pop pickers everywhere go and discover that now um and the other thing i just want to discuss before we go jump in with joe is aj and the queen the rupaul show on netflix now i've been reading quite a lot of sort of negative stuff about it and you know what yes there are some issues with the plot and it is completely ridiculous and some of the sets look a little bit fake and in fact we'd worked out we'd walked down one of the streets in new york that was actually at the paramount studios in la when we were there the last time um but it's such high camp and pure escapism and it's 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 a it's a sort of a buddy movie turned into a into a show um and it is ridiculous because it's a drag queen not really a spoiler because it's everywhere R running away with a, a child well a child stows away in uh in ruby red who's rupaul's camper van um rv and um and it's just it's just pure escapism it's big it's colorful it's cartoony um there are cameos from many 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 drag queens from the rupaul's drag race alumni 
but it's just really good fun and if you go into it with if you just want to escape politics and the world and and the fact that Australia's on fire and 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 all the other stuff that we don't I'm not going to list because you know it's happening around us um if you want to escape it's like the perfect vehicle to 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 lead you from the real world into into it's basically RuPaul's world his head um a lot of the references are things that he's talked about over the years of loving um like Diana Ross and Dolly Parton there's lots of references to them um and food he likes and places he's been and and it's just it's it's silly it's silly but if you want a good way to while away a few evenings while it's still cold and wintry it certainly is in the UK anyway um that's the perfect way to escape so i i mean yeah if you did want to dissect it some of the writing in some of the episodes isn't always uh, well, it's not even the writing it's the plotting the writing is not the problem it's it's the plotting um and it kind of you just have to take a leap of faith and jump in and just be prepared to enjoy yourself and as I say, I think it's a good way to while away a few hours. So do that. Anyway, enough of me waffling. It is time to meet the wonderful and marvellous Joanne Condor. Yeah, so we've just worked out 25 years. 25 years since we last saw each other. insanity. I know. And you don't look a day over. <laughs> 50. 25. <laughs> what, so, got, yeah, so we were in, we were in our mid-20s. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's just it is a but it's a pleasure to oh, see it's you so again nice to see you and have you here and oh. um, <laughs> we've been reminiscing a lot of stuff that you don't need to listen to <laughs> people out there in podcast land but um, but yeah so Joe let's go back right. let's go back we're gonna have to go back let's go back to the beginning um, right to the very good place to start very good place um, so yeah I know I remember bits and pieces but just refresh my memory where you were born, yep. where you grew up. Okay, so I was born in Stepney in East London. My yep. parents had come over from Ireland in the 50s, um, so they got welcomed, not very much, along with the blacks and the dogs. Oh, yeah. Um, and I was brought up in the East End, uh, which is a very sort of closed-off area. There's ways you have to be, uh, which I sort of didn't want to be. Um, and then I went to drama school when I was 19. I yeah. found a whole new world. In East London, yeah, I? yeah, in East yeah, London, yeah. yeah. Um, just because I always ask, school was school part of the does, does school play a part in your memory now? Are you kind of school just like a um, got through it, did it, and moved on? I think secondary school, and um, what I think it had a real sense of you fitted into categories. Um, so you was either in the category of going to university, or bank or building society, or using the thickies class. And no one was allowed to move outside of that. Yeah. And there was no expectations. I remember telling my uh, careers teacher that I wanted to be an actor, and she went, oh, we all stopped dreaming at some point. <laughs> and I just thought, no, I am going to be an actor. There's no reason why I shouldn't be. Yeah. And, and, and it was literally, we were put into those categories of you wasn't very bright, you was in the middle, or you were clever. And at no point was you allowed to swap. Yeah. 
So, so you you were doing drama at school and stuff? No, we had no drama. At school. You didn't have any. No, it was seen as um, something that was a waste of time. So um, I'd done drama at the Half Moon Theatre from the time I was twelve, and just loved it. I had a, a teacher who's now um, a well-established actress called Ruth Sheen. She, right. she was my first drama teacher at 12. And it was just amazing to think that I had wanted to be an actor, but I was fat and I was a cockney and I had an East End accent. And I thought they, I, I didn't know, I'd never seen anyone on the telly that was fat and cockney. At that point. Yeah, so I just thought, I can't be an East End actor because there aren't any. Little did you know. Little did you know. <laughs> 30 years later, I'm still doing it. <laughs> My God. So then, yeah, so, yeah, so drama school was... So, so did you find it... Talking about yeah. your show, Little yeah. Boxes, which we're going to talk yeah. a lot about, but did you find even there, at, at, at the Academy Drama yeah. School, that you were being... People were making assumptions... Yes, of course. ...and all your roles were... Yeah. 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 Okay. So I went to drama school at 19 yeah. with my Cockney accent and being a fat young actor, uh, and I was already put in boxes then. Um, no one. I don't think I was expected to do very well. They had all the Shakespearean actors that were were brilliant, and I just ended up going into telly quite early. Mm. Um, and I think there's only a couple of us still left from that year that are still actors, but I don't think much was expected of me. Um, because I wasn't going to do Shakespeare and I wasn't going to be at the National, supposedly. 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 Although I did work at the National Studio once. For oh, yeah, of course you yeah. did. Of course, yes. Yeah, 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 yeah. Which we'll talk about oh, yeah. as well, because that's all period when we first yeah. knew each other. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, so you left there kind of knowing where you wanted to go with it? Um, I left drama school thinking... I'll give it a go, um, but I'm not going to do as well as everyone else. Right. Because I'm still that a fat Cockney actor and I, there wasn't many of them around. So I just didn't think I was going to be able to come out of that box and just be an actor. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because that's kind of the time when we first we met, did, really. Yeah. Yeah. that was so... Patrick, who's been a previous guest, yeah. um, has talked a bit about that time and um, but yeah so what's wrong with angry yeah um, still one of my proudest moments yeah loved it I mean your character in that was was I mean it was I, then I was like okay comedy is your bag and it was just so natural for you and it was just it was always a pleasure to see you doing that because I knew you were having a good time. Yeah, it was. But the audience went with it because you were having a good time. The audience had a good time. And yeah. it, was just, it was a great role. Well, when Patrick was writing it, we were sharing a flat. So he... Here we go, yeah. So he was writing and I'd sit on the stairs and he'd let me read pages as he wrote them and I'd bring in coffee and dinner. Yeah. And I'd go, have you written any more? Have you written any more? And then I sort of might have made him feel a bit bad about writing me apart. So um, I it said, works. Linda come about was because I used to sit on the stairs going give me the next page print out the next page I want to read it Um, and Linda was based on me we had lots of conversations about being fat and what was that like as a woman uh, in the early 90s Um, and we talked about and because we were flatmates we were very supportive of each other Um, and then when 
when we done the show, it was just such an amazing part because it was it was me sort of take away all the sort of insecurities. Linda was the the best part of me that I could be. Sure, sure. She was the 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 warrior. The yeah. I couldn't wasn't afraid. give a damn. Wasn't afraid of anything. Yeah. And that was the bit of me that I'd really wanted to be all the time, but could never manage it. You know, I could manage it five percent, but she was the so that's why I love playing her because I loved just being brave. It was a few and, years as well, wasn't it? it was, yeah, it was a few years. Of that yeah, role. I think we'd done it. We started in 1993, and the last time was 96. Six, so yeah, um, and about the same time. So babies was oh, about done, the same. Yeah, time, so I done lost um, uh, the first one at What's Wrong with Angry in September. Then I got babies in the December, and it was a, it was just a. Um, a rehearsed uh, a show that we done at the National Studio uh, for Jonathan Harvey, yeah. which was again, it was a lovely, a lovely little part that I played, and then that went on to the Royal Court uh, the following year, the yes. following September. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and at that time, I could play 14, 16 year olds. Yeah. <laughs> which are good now. I know. Well, I noticed the fact that I was playing schoolboys at the same time was yeah. like just genius. yeah, uh, it was nice. <laughs> so and and around that time, I played a lot of sort of school kids, school girls, yeah. sort of because I still had a baby face. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, and what would you say? What's your what's kind of your fondest memory of that of that time frame? Is there a point where you just went, where you felt everything was coming together, and and all your training and all the all the worries at school had given you all the you're never yeah. going to work, and you 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 were working. I think straight the, away the thing that yeah I, I mean and I did work straight away I was Which really is, very very lucky yeah. um, and I continued to work probably the first sort of three or four years after leaving drama school I'd done really well what I loved from uh, What's Wrong With Angry it taught me that skill that I hadn't got at drama school completely was just being and the more you're, you just be on stage the more the audience can connect, the more you connect. And and I think it was that that doing that show, one, it got me a great agent and I think mm. it really kickstarted my career. Uh, without doing that, I don't think I, it, it would have taken uh, done as well as I've done. Yeah. And two, it was such a message. Um, and at that time, you don't think of it now, but then it was such a big thing. You know, a play with two young boys kissing on stage was not seen section 28 yeah we had all of that going on and I just think it was lovely to be part of that and I'll yeah. always be proud to be part of that yeah always I, you know and it's still one of my fondest memories of being on stage it's just being in that play it'd be really amazing if somebody has a recording of it I'm sure there must be a recording oh, of it somewhere yeah just to look back and it might be horrific, actually. Yeah. <laughs> at the same time, we could reenact it. We could, we could get everyone together with our walking sticks and Zimmer frames. <laughs> I don't think I could do the faint now. Oh, oh God, no! <gasps> no. Oh yeah. So yeah, yeah. Joe had an amazing. Just yeah, it was. It was always a moment that would showstop, <laughs> darling. Showstopper. No, it was. It was fab. Um, yeah, really fun memories of that time. And yeah, it was a great time. It was a great play. Um, so yeah, I was going to say, you are, and have always been, what now people call as an ally, but you were an ally before people started, being, gave it a turn. Yeah. That you were, 
always on side. <laughs> yeah. Um, Never felt like that. It just felt like you just, just it was just you just be be you. Yeah. And just be true to yeah. yourself, but and accepting of people yeah. being what they are. But I think right now it's all right to have it, and I think people identifying and saying that they're an ally is good because yeah. I think we need them again at the moment. Oh, and I, I can't believe we're at a stage where you, anyone needs allies. It makes me really sad that we have. Yeah. We keep going through these stages where people need to be supported, and it's like, why can't people just be allowed to be whatever they are? Yeah, absolutely. I think there is. I mean, we've talked a bit about it beforehand, but I think that. It swings, doesn't it, left to right yeah. through history, and let's yeah. hope we're going back. You know, the way can only go yeah. so far yeah. before it swings back. But anyway, let's you not so. get too because <laughs> we're here to, to sell a show and talk about your past, and if we, can, we can get a little bit political along the way. Um, so I'm going to go to my notes, Joe, okay? Because, lovely. Because um, I want to try and do it chronologically. Anyway, yeah. Um, so then, TV for you? Yes. Um, yeah, I was going to say people TV. would know. A lot of listeners will know you around the world actually from Little Britain I was in Little Britain yeah, yeah. I loved it again that, that, that's a sort of another point in my career I went when I first went for it I went up for a different part and literally there were, it was one word in the whole series and it was chocolate and I just thought I can't do this I would got to that age where I just thought I can't do this to myself and when I went for the recall I met Matt and David and yeah. we were both really lovely and when I was waiting in the waiting room, they had given me the same script of this same character, and I just thought, I can't do this anymore. And so I was probably a little bit more, or David called me sassy in the in mm. the interview that I was being too sassy when I was reading because I just thought I can't, I can't, I can't do a whole show and just have one line, uh, one word. And actually, they swapped roles round. I ended up playing Pat, and I absolutely loved it, and I loved working with them because although it was comedy, it was so structured and the laughs were so um, cared for mm. that we would do takes after takes and I love that. Right. I love that you could experiment knowing that they wouldn't let anything just go by. That, and and it, was, it was like a dance. We'd, we'd do all the sketches in one day and each sketch it was a lot of dance where the funny was what who's funny it was uh, and it was like a lesson in comedy I absolutely adored it and loved working with Matt he's such a interesting intelligent funny man mm-hmm. that it was just it wasn't like working at all right it was just great fun great fun yeah. and we're sorry when it finished I think it probably it done three series and a Christmas special and it probably finished when it should have done but I just um Loved it. And I recently done um, a Radio 4, they done a little Brexit. Oh, yeah, yeah. And it was yeah. all top secret, and I'd done that. Um, unfortunately, because the show could only be for 30 minutes, and they'd done lots of sketches, Marjorie got cut out. So right. she, didn't, she didn't make the Radio 4 version. Right. But just being there on the day and, and just having an audience react to the guys again was just... It's amazing to be part of. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because it yeah. still had that... They're both very funny yeah. men and very good at what they do. So what year, what year did you first start on that show? 2003. Oh, God, so even yeah, that, no, yeah. you think 2003, yeah. it's not that long ago, no, but it is... Yeah. And it just exploded. The yeah. first series, they had done it on Radio 4, which I wasn't part of. Then they'd done the first series and it just exploded. All the catchphrases, it yeah, just went yeah, enormous. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I was never recognised, though. 
Oh, really? Uh, so, uh, no, never. Once, once a little girl came up to me and said, are you in Little Britain? And I said, yeah. And that was it. She just walked away. But no one ever recognised me. Never. Oh, no, no one ever come up to me and said, are you in Little Britain? Right. So it was just a... How funny. Yeah, oh, yeah I would have thought that would yeah. have happened to you then. Um, has it happened to anything else you've been in that you've kind of gone and some, you've, had, you've had recognition? No, not really. No, no I think I just look like one of those jobbing actors, yeah, you know, right. that people might look at and go, did I work Probably with her somewhere. or did, did she work in that shop? Did she work in Tesco's? <laughs> did she work in Tesco's, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, but you've done loads of stuff. I mean, I was, I was like, obviously bits and pieces I've seen mm. and over the years I've gone, oh, Joe's there. Yeah. I was saying to you before, yeah. still working, yeah. still working. And I know you've said you've had kind of dips yeah. and life has taken its turns and twists yeah. um but just like i mean like everything from shine on harvey moon the office yeah, yeah the office like i was in shark infested custard with harry hill which oh, yeah. was a kid's show i'd always wanted to do a kid's show and that was that was great yeah. fun so i've worked with some really great comedians i sure. think that's what i've been really peter Kay and obviously matt and david yeah. and, and that's really nice because you're not only working but you're you're watching someone else who's really well established do their stuff and that's just a really nice learning curve do you think that's inspired you to to kind of do i'm going to come to the show in a minute mm. but to do what you're doing now being around those kind of being around those kind of people who've just had the well it's not the bravery but have just gone out and done it and kind of watching on the stuff on the sidelines mm. or being part mm. of it but has that kind of helps you do you think yeah because I mean if I look at sort of the comedians I've worked with they're all comedians that have done it themselves mm. they're not just sort of come out of uh, acting which is nothing wrong with that but they're all sure. their own shows and I, and I just think well part of what I'm doing a one woman show was to be working to have that mm. feeling of I am an actor if someone asks me what do I do I can say I'm an actor because sometimes that can get a bit um, unsure because you haven't worked for a while and you Someone goes, well, what do you do for a living? You know, I'm, a, I'm an actor, but you, you don't believe it yourself. So, yeah. um, so there's part of doing this one moment show is I feel like I've got a lot to say, um, but also just to be doing something, mm. being in control, not waiting for the phone to ring, not waiting for someone else to say you're right for this, yeah. for me to do it myself. Yeah. And we'll talk about Leone that you've yeah. rented with in a minute. Um, yeah. So yeah. So let's so let's go back to the kind of the nucleus, the genesis of this play. I mean, you you say you were doing you're doing it because you wanted to create, yeah. self create. But what was the the sitting down and beginning to write? What was that process? Did you sit in in room with Leonie and, and just bash ideas out, or did you get a script together and then how did you put it together? So um, the way me and Leonie write, we we uh, she it was her that really sort of pushed me. We met doing a stand-up. Um, we decided to get a company together. We had done a sketch show with, a, with another lady, there was three of us. Uh, and then we moved on to keeping with Alpha Mums Productions. Leonie at the moment's writing a, a sitcom for children called Cinemare. Uh, and I'm, I, I wrote Little Boxes. But what we do is we'll bring our work to each other. And the other one has a, a, a lot of input in that. Um, and the way she just kept saying to me start writing start writing and she was bugging me so much that I just start really thinking about what I wanted to say and I think my main concern over the years has been my the fact that I'm always people make assumptions about me they look at me and they think oh fat woman cockney accent 
she's whatever whatever they think I am um, and then I really started looking at the other boxes that I'm in and the boxes that I've got other people in so that's it it's all come about it's a very simple story there's no mystery but it's just me talking about my life really yeah and 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 where I feel like I've been put into boxes that I sh- shouldn't be and where I put people into boxes uh, okay so you're dealing with you from the outside looking yeah, into yeah the fact that we do it as people and it's a shame because we'll make an assumption about someone and sometimes it can be hard to allow them out of that box yeah and in my acting I've been put into boxes do you know I've been the maid um, what else I was going to say the best friend uh, best friend right yeah the comedy sort of the funny role and again I do you know I can do drama but I'm never seen in that role so I'm always seen as a, and I love, I love doing comedy. It is my thing, but sometimes it would be quite nice to have a bit of a weak or a bit of a, mm. a, a, a dramatic moment. And also, I never get a, you know, I'm never in a relationship in a, in a, in a drama, in, right. a, a, in a show. And I touch on that um, in my show about actors. You never see forty something fat actors in love scenes or in relationships on telly and it's just quite interesting it's not part of what telly offers and yeah. there's a lot of fat 40 somethings out there yeah I mean yeah it's yeah hello yeah. part yeah. of the world yeah that's true yeah. that's true no, yeah yeah you're right yeah. I mean I'm trying to think of examples and I can't yeah. like just go yeah. and even if you did you wouldn't come up with more than a couple yeah, yeah. do you know if you look at British dramas, you might come up with a couple. But beyond that, if you said, look at 40-something, slim, beautiful, beautiful women, you would come up, up with a oh, million, yeah. you know. And I think that's why the country's so... Uh, well, women especially are so sort of hung up with stuff, is that what we see is not what we are. And it's not what the majority of women in Britain are. And that's oh, a shame. Oh, think, men even. I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm narrowing it down and that's not fair. Anyone, really. No, absolutely. And I think it gets worse because of, like, Instagram and all that yeah. stuff and the and the, the filtering your uh, yeah. life. Yeah. Um, I don't think it helps. I mean, I, uh, someone took some photos once, not long ago, and I said to him, why, why is my face all smooth? And he said, oh, I've got a filter on it. And I'm like... But take it off just, yeah. just let me be me yeah just take a photo of me yeah, and yeah, you yeah, yeah, yeah. like we was out having a drink and it's like just be yeah be yeah. and I think that's it everyone can photoshop so no one looks like they look anymore no which is not healthy then especially no. for young men and women yeah. who then feel they've got to live up to that un- impossible yeah but it's not really there no that image is not really it's not, there. It's been no. created, and, and that's a real shame, I think. Yeah. Well, I mean, yeah, so um, I'm going to let you tell sure. us all about the show. Okay. Um, and dates and times and everything, okay. because that's kind of the main... Uh, not the main reason you're here, but it's one of the reasons <laughs> you're here. It is one of the reasons. Um, but yeah, um, yeah, so that's dates. Um, so you did it last year? Uh, yes, I've done it. Fringe. Yes, so I've done it for three nights at Hen and Chicken's. Uh, it was terrifying because one it was stuff that I'd wrote myself um, uh, to I was out on my own I'd never done a one woman show so that sort of oh have a good show have a good show before hugs and kisses and then you go out and you know you've got someone's back and they've got yours it was just me 
and that felt felt very strange. Um, and before I before I started rehearsing, I let my partner of many many years read it, and he just said, "You can't do this." He said, "You can't do this. It's too sad. It's too personal." And and he sort of said, "Please don't do it because it'd be really sad." And I said, "Trust me, it won't be sad." At this point, the music and the band in the background became so overpowering, we stopped and we moved venues. Um, I let it go for a little while. But anyway, this is us moving on to part two. So we changed venue. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So yeah, so we were talking about, I think let's just go back a little bit because, um, so just give us the kind of the basic outline of the show. Okay, so the show really starts off, it does start off with me surrounded by a ton of boxes and it's about me looking at the different boxes I get put into and either trying to sort of understand them or try to get rid of them um, and then it just really takes you through the journey, my journey of growing up in the East End and feeling like that was a box that I wasn't allowed out of and then discovering that there was a world outside the East End that I didn't have to just grow up, get married, have kids, there was other things going on and that I could be an actor. I could be an extended actor, which to me as a 12-year-old was unheard of. It was something that was never going to happen. And then it goes through boxes, uh, being a partner, what what does that entail? Uh, Being a daughter and not being a daughter anymore. I've lost both my parents, so it's about what does that mean, not having that box anymore. Um, Right. um, A grief box, I look at the sort of people that I've loved and lost and that box stays open because we just unfortunately have to add to that as Mm. our lives go on. Uh, And being a parent, I really found when I become a parent that everyone just expects you to know what you're to do and I had no idea I still have no idea and I just think there's an assumption that you have a baby and you know what to do and mm. I didn't know what to do and, and it's a real learning curve and people make assumptions of you as a being a parent and, and, and also it's really important for my kids to feel that I'm not just mum you know I'm a yeah. whole person I mean they're lucky they see me working they see me on the telly they see me go away so they see me do different things for me as a career but I just want them to know that I'm, there's more than just being a mum even though that's tough enough um, yeah. so there's there's, box, there's an acting box the box that I get put into when I go for auditions um, yeah. or meetings as they're called no. so, uh, I know, I, know. <laughs> I still say auditions <laughs> so you don't want me to do any acting you just want to, we want to sit down and have a, have a meeting yeah, yeah. just look at some papers should we bring some coffee <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. I know it's great isn't yeah. it um, yes, and yes. so it's just really about the different boxes that I've been putting over my life and the ones that I can get out of the ones that I don't want to get out of do you know I miss mm. being a daughter mm. I wish that box was still open and still alive and kicking and I wish I could phone my mum and have a chat and and it's, it's things like that so it's really just about me and how I think I am and how other people perceive me yeah. and just about my life and what it's contained has it brought up, well, that's something I'm going to ask you as well, is it, has it brought up memories of, of like, heroes? <laughs> heroes you might still have, but, like, teenage... Who, for you, like, on TV or in music or just generally kind of in, in pop culture or acting, did you have people well, who you... Who kind of saw you through? Well, there's a big section, so I'm giving away a lot. There's a big mm, section. Spoilers. Um, big spoiler, this is... Uh, Boy George for me 
Boy George in 1982 singing Do You Really Want to Hurt Me was like a... Uh, I can't even... I can't find a word. Just seeing him on top of the pops, looking how he did, looking absolutely wonderful, uh-huh. wearing what he wanted to wear. All of a sudden, I just thought, there's another world. There's another... There is... There is. Uh-huh. I didn't know if he was a boy or a girl. I didn't care. Yeah. All I knew as a 12-year-old was... I want to be in that world. If there's another world, I want right. where people like that are. Because it, the East End world, for me, was just too boxed. You was, a, you was a girl or a boy, you went to school, you got a job, you got married, you had kids, and that's how it felt in the 80s for me. Yeah. And I didn't want to do it, even as a 12-year-old, I didn't want to do any of that. I wanted something else. And at the time, I thought, well, I can't be an actor because there's no fat in the East End actors, but there's got to be a life outside of yeah. that and for me Boy George was and still is whenever I hear that song it makes me I have to have a it's dance still... and, and it was it was insp- I found him inspiring uh-huh. absolutely inspiring and I love the fact that I didn't know if he was a boy or a girl I loved that yeah I loved and because I really didn't care yeah and at school everyone was talking I'm nearly doing my script at school everyone was talking <laughs> about it and they were so more worried about what sexuality what what sex he was then actually he's just his fabulousness yeah of just being just amazing um and that made me think there's life there's other life yeah. there's life outside of the east end yeah and that was my hook outside of that my, yeah yeah and he was my hook to see it's interesting that he was one of the like mainstays yeah. for you do you are you still do you still sort of follow him or like? not as much now I think I remember I had his first album and, and whenever I see him on the telly something inside me goes thank you yeah. I know it sounds really silly but I just it was the 80s you didn't see people like that on the yeah. telly and I always knew that there was until more. then you did and yeah. then suddenly you did yeah. yeah and then you see and, and I just thought you're brave you're brave wearing what you want to wear yeah. and you had your makeup on and you look gorgeous and just thinking oh my god I don't have to get married and have kids and live in the East End mm-hmm. I can there is something else it was a major player for me as well yeah. um, and I got to meet him <gasps> did you um, at he came to see a play I was in a Greenwich oh. theatre with Matt Lucas funnily oh. enough and uh, met him afterwards and had all this stuff that I wanted to say yeah and he was talking to me about what he'd seen yeah and so I just had to say thank you but I really wanted uh, to go thank you for all this stuff uh, and then I did, you know I just ended up being very professional yeah. And, but yeah that was... uh, but the thing is I don't think I'm on my own in, oh. in, in being so affected by him and that mm. first performance mm. and that first performance on Top of the Pops was an eye opener for many mm. teenagers mm. For many reasons. For many reasons, yeah. Sexuality, career, you know, being what they want to be. Confidence of being the other. Yeah, yeah. Just confidence of being. And just being, yeah. Whatever that is for you. Um, And so I think if I ever met him, I wouldn't know what to say. Probably thank you, but apart from that. Yeah. um, So he was an enormous influence on me. Yeah. And there's a big section about Boy George in the show. Because he's a big turning point. Um, and anyone else, I mean, outside of music or like in, like, uh, 
like com comedians or actors that you kind of for TV or film that you kind of or even on stage that you kind of went I wanna I'd like to kind of go down follow their path I'd like to emulate their route No, see, I was brought up on the, like, the two Ronnies. Oh, well, yeah, absolutely, and, yeah. Um, I think it was really nice yeah. to start seeing female comedians. I remember seeing Jo Brand. Oh, and, yeah, yeah. And, and one that she was fat, which I thought was amazing. Yeah. Um, but not really. Not as actors. There was people like Peggy Mount that I absolutely adored. Right. Um, yeah. Sort of like really, because I'm trying to sort of think, of, because I... I I was always sort of more aware of actors that were fat, <laughs> female actors that were mm -hmm. fat, because I just thought there wasn't many of them. So if I ever saw one, I'd be like, oh my God, who's she? And where does she come from? And, yeah, and yeah. What, what, what's where her background? Yeah, yeah. And, and is she Cockney? No, she's not, but that's all right. Mm -hmm. Do you know? Um, and when I started the Half Moon Theatre, Ruth Sheen, um, she was only like a young actor then, um, just having her as a teacher was so inspiring because... I, I felt like I could, I started to think, well, maybe I could be an actor, mm. you know, just because I'm fat and I'm a cockney. Maybe I, what, 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 maybe, or maybe I can't, maybe I can't. But it allowed me those first tentative steps of saying, again, there's a bigger world. Mm. There's mm -hmm. a bigger world and, and it's open for you if you mm. wanted to. Um, so, I mean, I, I still follow Ruth Sheen's career just because, again, she's another person that I'd go... Thank you. And I wrote to her to invite her to the first show, and she was busy, but she wrote back and she remembered me. And right. That, I just, I, no, but stuff like that's important. Yeah, and, yeah. and I didn't expect her to, do you know. I wrote to her saying, I'm sure you don't remember me, like a 12-year-old, you know, 30-odd years ago, mm. do you know. And it was really sweet. Um, so it's people like that that have that real inner sort of response, that you just respond to them mm -hmm. and go, oh, my God. There is a different life mm -hmm. out there. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and no, I, 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 I hope there are people for people who were out, you know, when we were yeah. 12 and 13. I hope there's people, I'm sure there is, I suppose, Gaga and people like yeah. that now are what yeah. you'd look at. Yeah. But um, um, anyway, no, so I always have to ask that. Because oh, I'm, and, um, and anyone right now that you are inspired by or just that, you know, you that you see other writers or actors or people that you, you know, even people you've worked with or not necessarily worked with that you kind of go, I, I, I'm loving what they're doing. I've always loved Catherine Tate. I think Catherine Tate, right. she, we don't see much of her anymore. I think all of her characters were very, very funny, very uh, observant. Um, I think she's she was amazing mm. and is amazing. I mean, mm, she just is, doesn't. Yeah. I don't know what what she does now. Yeah. Um, and um, there was a show on recently, and I, I don't know who wrote it, which is really appalling, called Mum. That I become absolutely obsessed yes, with. Yes, with Leslie Manville. Yeah, and mm -hmm. I just the writing of that, and I'm I'm ashamed that I don't know who wrote it. I know it was a young man. Um, mm. Was amazing. Mm -hmm. Just just. Amazing, and and I'd rewatch things just to hear how he'd written a, a conversation between two people, and how real it was, and how amazing it was. And I think he also wrote. Um, oh, I'm trying to think of his name. Uh, the, about the couple, the, the young couple. 
He's a very young writer. Yeah. I'm, I'm ashamed of not, 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 not knowing his name. But we'll Google it afterwards we'll and Google find it. it yes. But yeah, yeah, yeah. No, but um, that show, Mum, yeah. And that makes you feel like, I want to be in that. Yeah. I want to be in that. Yeah. Uh, and I think my, my sort of um, thing that I've always wanted to do, I've always wanted to do a comedy drama. Like a, a comedy yeah. drama. That's, like a series that's got sort of 12 episodes, mm-hmm. but just... Every, and that comes back every year, mm-hmm. and you, you want to know what's happening in their lives, yeah, and yeah, yeah. things like that. Um, I've never managed to do that yet, but you never know. A Gavin and Stacey, yeah, sort of thing, yeah, yeah, yeah. And oh. I think I think comedy that has a lot of drama in it works so much better because they're so close. Do you know, you can be laughing one minute and crying. The yeah, next. yeah, yeah. This is the thing I always ask um, everybody: is like your current favourite obsessions. Um, like TV wise Fleabag for me is one but like box sets that you sat down and and just consumed in a day oh, see. type stuff we can't consume anything in a day anymore having kids by the time you sit down it's 9 o'clock and your eyes are going oh, yeah. and you're doing one episode back in the day when you could do 3 and 4 episodes and stay up till 2 o'clock in the morning it's all gone um, we recently, and this is so old, recently finished Dexter. Oh, I loved Dexter. Uh, and it was such a good, uh, because we also have to agree, my partner's very sci-fi-y. Yeah. Um, we have a very different view um, on what to watch as a box set. Yeah. And also we just about manage one episode, <laughs> which is just appalling. Um, but at the moment, I'm really loving Doctor Who. Really? Absolutely okay. loving Doctor Who. I love Jodie Whittaker. I think having a woman Doctor Who took its time, mm-hmm. but um, I think she's she's a brilliant casting. Mm-hmm. I think she does a great job. And I think Doctor Who's really well well cast, well written. I, I love the whole show. Yeah, I think what they're doing currently is it's yeah it's getting better. I think um, so. But yeah, no, she's great. She's great. Yeah. Um, again, people like. I can't believe people see her as a new entity, but cause, like even she's been around uh, yeah, a, f- yeah. a fair while now. Uh, yeah, yeah, she's um, done loads and loads and loads, and something very um, just lovely about her. I think I think she comes across really well. She's done the the, ch- the children in need song, Yellow, the um, Coldplay, and just her singing in her own accent was beautiful, mm-hmm. absolutely beautiful. Yeah, yeah, unashamedly. Northern. Yeah, yeah. So she should be. Um, and so she should be. Um, so yeah. So music for you. What about? I mean, we've talked about Culture Club in the past, but is there anything that in the last ten years you've kind of got that you've that you go back to? Oh, I'm so into the eighties still. Yeah, right. Okay. I'm such an eighties yeah. girl. I love the eighties. I do like Manford and Son. Uh-huh. I think they're great. Uh-huh. And the Killers. If we have to do, I mean, even they're not that modern, um, but. There's a lot of madness goes on in our house, and uh-huh. a little bit of scar, and just sort of late seventies, eighties. Uh-huh. I get the kids to start a bit of yes, so I can boogie, and oh, right. okay. a little bit of pop disco in the seventies. Um, Teaching them well. So, yeah, so they're used to that. Um, wham, <laughs> culture club. So I don't think I've quite moved on, uh, and also the sort of I remember in the nineties going to the two brewers an awful lot. Oh I lived in the Two Brewers in the So, for people who aren't from London, <laughs> Two Brewers is a gay club in Clapham, um, in South London. And after a lot of shows, that would be our destination. 
um, till very late yeah. at night. <laughs> and it could happen night after night. Oh yeah. Yeah. Oh, it did. Didn't yeah. It? And just all those songs, those sort of a lot of songs that ends up with him. What's wrong with angry? Yeah. Those, those. A lot of Kylie. A lot of Kylie. A lot of. Yeah. I used to love going there, just dancing. And uh-huh. and again, that was that always felt for me like a safe place because there was no judgment, you know, as a fat woman in my twenties. Mm-hmm. I loved to go out drinking and dancing, but I didn't like the whole culture of that meant if you go to a club that's about picking up and meeting someone and going to the brewers was just one of those places that you could just dance and drink mm-hmm. and have a laugh and be mm-hmm. with your mates. Oh, I just rolled out of there so many times at four o'clock in the morning. And... I still do occasionally. <laughs> occasionally. Oh, maybe we should have a reunion, a brewer's reunion. I think... <gasps> okay, figure out a yeah. time when you... <laughs> we'll mention it to yeah. all the people <laughs> yeah. we've talked about previously. Definitely. I think that's a good idea. Yeah. <laughs> Until people go, oh, it's ten o'clock. <laughs> Should we go get coffee and head home? <laughs> yeah. oh. We'll meet for, for a meal first. Because <laughs> yeah. we didn't do that. We'll just put a no. We'd go from the show to the pub to the brewers. And if anyone got lost, because there was no mobile phones then, when anyone got lost, no. everyone knew where to find each just other. Just go. Yeah. yeah. So if at the pub some people stayed, some people went, you knew everyone would end up in the brewers. Oh it was better than a mobile funny. phone, wasn't it? That's true. It was literally all... Yeah. The time every yeah. night. Just go to the brewers. Because we were all the places we played in were in South London, yeah. so it was always close enough. Yeah. My goodness. <laughs> and just all that dancing you do, that dancing and laughing and drinking. And I used to Vogue. Oh yeah. Do you remember that? I do. Gosh, yes, I do. Still, occasionally gets pulled out, and someone's oh. like, "Do you still do?" And I go, "Yeah." And then I go, "Oh, it hurts," <laughs> but I do it. Yeah. <laughs> oh my gosh. Yeah. Oh, mate, you bring me back 25 oh, years, my darling, even longer. Isn't it crazy? Um, so let's, yeah. let's, 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 we're doing that. Yeah. We're doing that. <laughs> so, yeah, listeners, go and, go and Google um, Two Brewers Clapham and see what they've got on offer now. Yeah. Um, probably a lot of drag race people, I think. <laughs> but, um, so let's, yes, so the show. Yes. Let's get all your details about okay. where, when, and how. Okay. Next. So, we are doing the Vaults Festival, and we open the festival, we're on the first week. Uh, we're at the Pitt Theatre, because they've got quite a lot of venues and yes. theatres. It's a beautiful, interesting place. But we're on from Tuesday the 28th of January yep. till Sunday the 2nd of February. Fabulous. Uh, we are on at 6 o'clock. Yeah. So if you are of that age that you have got kids or you feel old, you can come and then go for dinner <laughs> after. Or if you're at that age, still the same age, and you want to just come and then dance your ass off after, that's doing, because we'll be in the bar after. Yeah, yeah. So you'll have loads of drinking time. Yeah. Uh, and then there's a matinee at three o'clock on the Saturday. Perfect. And you're also playing in Leicester? And we're doing two shows in Leicester. Yes. We're doing... Uh, the 6th and the 13th at the Western which okay. is a comedy venue beautiful, yes. we went up there yesterday and it's a really beautiful theatre really lovely little theatre, it's a pub theatre and it's part of a comedy uh, festival yes, yes, part of Leicester Comedy Festival so if you're in Leicester, it'd be nice to see you I'm sure we'll buy you a pint after because at the moment it's uh, one man and his dog <laughs> 
I mean, I was going to say, and you're more than happy to have a chat with people afterwards. Oh, of course, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. I mean, because of, um, we've not done it this time, but because of, it does bring up a lot of, we found from the hen and chickens, it brings up a lot of feelings in people. I mean, we're sort of, I'm talking about being a nearly 50-year-old woman and how, how, how it, life's affected me. But it was quite interesting during the show, lots of men come up after that had been crying, that had mm. been affected by life things mm. and really wanted to talk about it. So I'll always be in the bar after the show <laughs> at seven o'clock. Um, For as long and, as you can keep going. Yes. And maybe if I end up in the brewers. <laughs> See, that's, I think that's, you've got to make one of your nights. A brewer's night. A brewer's night. Maybe the Thursday night. Okay, we'll, we, we'll yeah. plan this in a minute. Yeah. <laughs> Off, off camera, I'm not on camera, <laughs> off mic. Um, brilliant. Okay. But it'd be lovely to see you there. Um, as some of you might know, doing a theatre piece is hard work, you know, financially, emotionally, and everything else. And getting bums on seats, people want to just sit and watch Netflix. Yeah. Um, but exactly. you get to see me hopefully make you laugh and cry, and then there's a bar. And if you do feel like the need to go for dinner and a nice glass of wine, then I will understand after. You don't need to sell the after show. <laughs> The show's going to be good enough as no, it is. No, the show is going to be good enough. Um, and it will make you laugh yeah. and cry. Yeah. And it's just an, an emotional... It's just about my life, really. Yeah. And uh, how it's panned out. Um, okay, and before we sign off and have mm. our private chats, um, off the top of your head, sounds random, but I always do this, say your favourite word, top of your head. Fabulous. Because? Because it just sums everything up. Like Boy George. Like Boy George, like life. Life can be fabulous. Least favourite word? Uh, Tacky. I think that kind of explains itself. Um, And if um, you were going to another life, moving on from this world to another, Mm. whether it's God, Buddha or Boy George, and they're they're waiting for you at the gates, at Mm. the arrival, the departure lounge, what would you want that icon to say to you as you arrived into your next life? What would you want them to say? You've done the best you could. <laughs> you gave it a go and you've done the best you could. <laughs> Brilliant. Thank you very oh, much, Joe. Thank you, Matt, for having me on your show. No, you're very welcome. Thank you so much, Joe. And that's your lot for now, everybody. Get yourselves booked, get your tickets booked, and get your bums down to the pit theatre. See you very soon. Bye.